Welcome to Trending Health, where we provide you with valuable insights and perspectives on the evolving healthcare industry. Brought to you by Dynamic, Trending Health explores industry topics that are real, relevant, and worth discussing. I'm your host, Jen Burke. The recent proliferation and adoption of digital health technologies is often heralded as a key mechanism in closing the gap when it comes to health disparities. I'm here with Mindy McGrath and special guest DJ O'Connor to discuss some of the most common barriers to achieving equality through digital health and how healthcare leaders can develop more equitable solutions. Dr. James Madara of the American Medical Association has said that advancing health equity through technology will not happen by accident. We must create this future. What are some of the most common barriers when it comes to equality, equity, and digital health? Jen, I feel like he nailed where we are right now. Is that Yes, we know that we need to advance in order to create equality, equity, and digital health, but it's not going to happen magically. And I think what we've seen over the last couple of years, right, is that technology has just become this increasingly integrated part of our lives and work and really has been almost embedded across the healthcare ecosystem. And there's so much emphasis on digital healthcare that was accelerated during the, the beginning of the pandemic and then just kind of played itself out. But I think what we're really starting to recognize and acknowledge is that there has been a lack of attention to things like health equity. And that just because you have access doesn't mean that it's equitable. Um, so for example, you know, access to technology, when we think about socioeconomic factors, right, can be really limited by things like poverty and just under-resourcing of health systems in neighborhoods um, and in communities where other factors come into play. So I think that, that it's part of why we've acknowledged that there is a digital divide in this country, but we also look at it and think there's possibility and hope on what we can do to actually make it better over the next couple of years. Mindy, that, that's a fantastic point. One thing that we've seen, according to McKinsey and Company a report, is that th there's been such a large adoption of telehealth in, in 2020, over, over 35% increase. But what we're also realizing is that th there is this huge digital divide. And another statistic that shocked me was only 36% of people making less than $25,000 say that they have access to this telehealth. And during the pandemic, there, there were scenarios that you can only reach uh, a healthcare provider through telehealth. So it really starts to show a glaring divide that needs to be addressed, especially in, in rare occasions like we've had with the COVID pandemic over the last, uh, last year. And DJ, we talk so much about social determinants of health. And I think what we've really seen is that the socioeconomic disparities that prevent many vulnerable persons from benefiting from things like telehealth need to be addressed, right? And there's opportunity to address them. But I think it also speaks to some of the broader things that happen outside of healthcare, like our infrastructure and whether our country is really set up from an infrastructure standpoint or whether it's been constrained, right? Um, in order to address like individuals that need access to care, but might not have the right, you know, infrastructure in order to support that. I mean, the other thing I think comes across loud and clear, right? Is that as a system, you know, healthcare system, I think there's a des desire to want to adopt technology and to embed it into practices. But that doesn't mean that there's know-how across the board in terms of doing so, right? And so there may be a competency gap as well that's contributing to this digital divide. 
I agree, Mindy. And, and something that I find so interesting is that as, as companies and healthcare systems are rolling out these digital tools and practices, I don't think they're intentionally not including certain groups and users in their plans, but there's just shadowed areas due to infrastructure and due to accessibility uh, limitations that are just leaving some of these groups in the dark. And it's important for these healthcare companies to start actively thinking and being proactive about including all of the user personas that that might be accessing their tools going forward in in order to make a a tool that's really um, accessible to all. DJ, I love your point, right, where accessibility is one side of the coin in terms of unlocking the benefit, right? But there's also addressing, you know, how different individuals are using or benefiting from these platforms can be really different. If you think about something like a language barrier for people that speak English as their second or third language, perhaps, right? That's a factor that's been contributing to inequity and imbalance in digital health for a long time. And over the pandemic, we saw really sharp declines across health systems in terms of patient visits almost being halved when you look at non-English speaking patients before uh, the pandemic and then during the pandemic when they switched to telehealth. And they're not able to tap into some of those same you know, translator services that they were maybe able to get from an in-person solution. Not only was some of this reaction due to the pandemic, you know, telehealth obviously is one of the trends that greatly increased because of that. But as you go through the healthcare ecosystem, a lot of companies are pushing digital in, in all areas and all assets of their care. Just with everything going toward a more digital delivery uh, system, it's just really increasingly tough um, with this digital divide to, to make sure you're reaching all of your patients um, appropriately. Yeah, and I... I think, DJ, that speaks to the fundamentals right here on digital health, right? You need technology, you need technical literacy, and you need broadband internet. And if one of those three things is missing, it makes it a really steep climb to be able to get access, especially when we see this trend proliferating in terms of moving everything into a digital environment. We've talked a little bit about how, you know, access doesn't necessarily equal availability when we're thinking about equity and digital health. But another piece we often don't think about is that for certain individuals and groups, innovations doesn't always equal better outcomes. You know, we saw in a study that was published in Science not too long ago that our artificial intelligence algorithms are suspect and can run subject to some of the same biases that we as humans have when it comes to health disparities. The study looked at how um, individuals were assigned to high-risk categories based on cost, and we saw that individuals that were black had to be sicker than white individuals in order to be referred for additional health. And that was really concerning because hospitals and insurers used that algorithm and others like it to help manage care for about 200 million people in the United States each year. It is a stunning figure when you think about that and put it in the context, right, of what advanced technology can do, but how we have to get better right, at thinking about I don't want to say overcorrecting, but almost like over amplifying what those biases that feed into things like artificial intelligence could contribute to. So not only is it things like testing, but I think, you know, when we think about some of these advanced technologies, it's really structuring out and trying to discern, I think, where those biases or the risk of those biases may lie 
before being fed into, you know, that type of technology. You know, we are getting better with algorithms, right? But these algorithms are subject to a lot of the same biases that we humans have because they're reliant on historical data. So they're going to repeat what happened in the past. So to the extent that our history has been biased in terms of medical inequities and medical disparities, right? Like we're going to have to almost overcorrect these algorithms and make sure we're performing the right tests to be able to correct for those biases in the future. And I think the other thing it tells us, right, is that it's really important for us as a healthcare system to understand that what may be easy for some is not always easy for others. And so I think when we're talking about biases, like some of just the fundamental thinking around it, right? We have to start to take stock of and really kind of build into how we're building out solutions and products and services using this technology. Mindy, I I love the point you made around, you know, understanding what is easy for some might not be easy for others. And I think we should start thinking about tangible examples of that. And even in technologies that are becoming widely adapted, for example, even with telehealth and, you know, connecting with your healthcare uh, provider via smartphone or computer, for someone with hearing impairments, that that could be a a rough uh, task compared to being able to connect with their healthcare provider in person and be able to have that interaction in that medium rather than over the phone. And you know, sometimes when we are rolling out these technologies, we, t- we take for granted or, or don't quite fully understand how certain individuals might have to uh, interact with it as we're as they're getting care. So I just think it's important across all of our, you know, emerging and even uh, very highly used technologies that we're thinking about how all consumers and all patients will be interacting with it. You know, when we think about the digital divide and we think about some of the the statistics we've just walked through, it's not all doom and gloom, right? Part of why we are talking about it, right, is because there is an acknowledgement that it exists. And I think what is very promising is that healthcare organizations are paying attention to it and they are putting investment into it as well. And so I look at it and think, yes, this is definitely a challenge that exists, but there's so much opportunity. Right. And we are seeing companies kind of jump in and try to figure out where they can help bridge that divide to continue to just carve out right sections of this to make it easier and easier for people to gain access. Something that I think is so amazing is that we are seeing these healthcare companies include uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion practices as they are building out products and trying to Um, tackle some of these issues that we're seeing across the digital divide. I'm not sure that healthcare alone can solve this digital divide, because if you think about, you know, what's in the infrastructure bill that we may see eventually, there's a big investment in trying to build out our infrastructure to be more ready, right, for the advancements in technology. And so like many things in healthcare, it doesn't always begin and end with healthcare. There is an aspect to it that is probably out of this industry's control. At the same time, there's opportunity to begin, you know, do what you can do that's within your control and look at where the partnerships and the alliances may be. We're seeing startup companies start to take, you know, the 
the stand against social determinants of health. Uh, one that I, I really have enjoyed learning about recently is Unite Us. Uh, and Unite Us is an application and a, and a social platform that aligns stakeholders from the healthcare industry, uh, government, and uh, the local communities to combat the social determinants of health in, in that specific area. So really taking a stand um, and bringing all the stakeholders to the table at once to tackle some of the biggest issues um, in, in a geographical area. We're not going to solve this overnight. We're not going to be able to cast a wide net and probably solve for the digital divide. It's going to take, I think, different companies doing different things that are strengths for them um, and really focusing on where they can help to close some of this divide. But no one company is going to be able to do it all. And one of the things that's going to be important is that the policy supports it, right? So we always talk about the market-driven side of things, but there is a policy component to this that, that really goes wider than even the healthcare industry. And I think we'll have to see how things play out with the infrastructure bill, but there are aspects of equity woven throughout that potential bill that could really bring policy more current to support this type of focus on equity in the healthcare industry. So we've talked a little bit about the progress that's been made with digital solutions from all sides, right? Whether it's been um, from health organizations, from external companies, from local partnerships to address some of these disparities in healthcare. We've talked about, you know, what are some of the key considerations, right, in terms of access, in terms of benefit? But I'd love to talk a little bit more about like what specifically should healthcare leaders be thinking about? You know, digital is not going anywhere and equity is something that is in huge focus right now at this point across industries. So what should these leaders really be thinking about when they're developing digital technologies in order to make them as equitable as possible? Some of the things that we find extremely important for healthcare companies releasing products in the digital space are we're recommending that a diverse group of user personas are discussed during the rollout of any new product or service, specifically focused on accessibility and usability for various minority groups, which might not be in the majority user population. Making sure that these individuals are addressed is, is critical to bridging that gap to access. Additionally, we recommend the development of a team or a task force during a product or service rollout that's really focused on addressing the needs of users who are not in that typical user persona. This could be very valuable to helping the, the right individuals be able to access and use the tool. And an example of this actually came up that was extremely interesting during the pandemic. The, uh, the USC Cancer Center actually developed a, a team that was uh, educating their patients on uh, internet literacy because the only way that the patients could access their HCP was via telehealth. So by having this team and task force, they were really enabling their patients to be able to use the tools that were provided to them to make sure they were able to continue on and maintain their care. Another area that I think is critical to discuss and think about while rolling out a product or a service is highlighting the social disparities that may be stopping certain populations of consumers or patients from being able to access or use that specific product. And on that, are there patient or consumer services that can be implemented alongside of your product rollout to help alleviate these certain social determinants? So what, what else can be done on top of just the product being delivered to, to really make sure that these patients have access? These are a few things that we recommend healthcare professionals think about when they are building out a new digital product or service. 
Thanks, DJ and Mindy, for such an engaging conversation. I think there's a clear acknowledgement that, you know, there's really two sides of the coin where we're looking at, we've acknowledged these disparities, right, that need to be addressed when it comes to using digital health tools to try to address equity in healthcare. Um, but we really realized that there's a lot of opportunity as well, not only for healthcare organizations, um, but for outside organizations looking to partner with healthcare teams or local community service organizations to address these disparities in healthcare. Um, so I'm feeling really encouraged, particularly by some of those clear actions that healthcare organizations can think about when they're developing some of these digital health solutions. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Trending Health. For links to resources discussed in the episode, to subscribe to the Trending Health podcast, and to explore if Dynamic can help your company manage ongoing healthcare industry change, visit trendinghealth.com. Tune into the next episode where we look forward to providing you with more insights on the healthcare industry.